Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is a brand new episode of the Dana White Contender Series Breakdown. If you are a regular on this channel, then you know we've been doing this for a long time now. Me and my brother Gordo, we've introduced a new friend to the fray as well. Our guy Pierce been breaking down the action with us, but this is the last time this season. It's week nine. We're on this channel breaking it down. So make sure if you haven't already, get subscribed to the Plays and Fades YouTube channel. That's where you can find me and Gordo breaking it down on all the even weeks. And we even bring Pierce along for the fun. So make sure that you guys tune into that. Make sure that you guys show some love. All that you need is in the description box below if you want to support and show love to our guy gordo gambles himself he's in the building my brother how are you i'm doing quite well my man I'm, i am looking forward to the the final couple of weeks of dana mckender series especially more this week too you know we've had the week off of fights over the weekend so you know everything's been brewing for a fun card on a tuesday night and uh we are down a fight uh, there's no getting past that but we do have ourselves nine more dana mckender series fights for the rest of the year looking forward to talking with about these four tonight with you and pierce as well as the next five next week, already looking into it, already hyped, looking to end the, the year with a bang and, and happy to talk fights with you guys. Yeah, and the theme that stood out to me right away on this one, guys, what is it? Dana White Contender Series International Edition. Nobody from the States on this one, guys. We're we're pulling people from all over uh, the world. So a, a true international flavor on this card and our international flavor, if you will, is our brother from another, Pierce. How are you, my guy? Big Bird himself in the building. How you doing, brother? Good. They might as well call this week's Dana White's Bahraini Contender Series because, you know, you got two guys from Bahraini or however the country is. I didn't know about that country until uh, a couple weeks ago when we had uh, Gaziev on it. But it looks like the UFC is trying to find a new market in uh, Bahrain. But honestly, I'm going to be straight up. I'm not looking forward to this card at all. It's the records lie, man, because I looked at the card before I got in the tape. I saw a bunch of like touted records undefeated fighters and i'm like damn we're in for a high level night and you run the tape and it's like oh lord what are we getting ourselves into but i guess we'll discuss it because we got four fights to bet on so maybe we can make some money tomorrow it's dana white contender series geography class no one from north america Hey, I'll let you guys know a couple interesting notes off the rip because you know me. I'm a bit of a nerd, right? I, I wanted to dig in. I was like, are these guys actually Bahrainian? That was my first question because uh, I found out with Gaziev last time out. Gaziev was a Dagestani by way of Bahrain. Here's what I'll tell you guys that I found out super interesting, right? If you guys remember when, when I was telling you guys Gaziev by sub and the fight ends by sub, if you remember that uh, breakdown, the reason I had said it in part was because Gaziev was a Dagestani by way of Bahrain. And I also gave you guys the added color. I said, yo, Bahrain just had a guy win the world championship in wrestling. He beat Kyle Snyder and Sabdul Rashid uh, Zadulayev, right? The goal, the goal of this whole segment is to, to break down this fact, right? Bahrain is spending assloads of money to bring in Russian talent so their athletics become good. That's the bottom line, the long and the short of it. Because you know something? Sajulayev's been training that kid who beat him. Sajulayev and him trained together at club. So it's not like he's not, you know, uh, of Russian extraction. So what you have to understand is in a place like the United States, you're starting to see this more and more. But in a place like Russia, there's so much depth of talent. There's one guy on the international team, one. So it's like, you know, what are we going to do with these other guys? Maybe we keep one, two, three in rotation so we have a, you know, a good depth. But outside of that, guys want opportunity. Guys wanted to go make money somewhere. And Bahrain is like, yo, we got the checks, bro. We'll write checks right now. So I think that you got to pay attention to that fact. Uh, here's the other color I'll give as we start these breakdowns, guys, because we're we're missing one fight. So we can give a little bit of color on this card. Brave FC. You might have noticed that some of these guys have come through that organization, headquartered in 
Bahrain. So Bahrain, center for one of the you know premier regional uh, you know fighting organizations right now in Brave FC. A lot of guys like a Kamza Chimaev, like an Ikram Malaskarov, a lot of talented fighters have come through that scene in the past. So I think it's a space that we want to watch. Uh, in particular, but I do think that that's kind of the underlying theme here. As I dug deeper, you know, there's three Russian fighters, but two of them are by Bahrainian extraction uh, for this fight card. So just something to keep in mind, you'll see they're actually ranked in Russia most of the time uh, in terms of their regional rankings, because they still train and compete there more often than not. So a little bit of color there to get us started. And we've got a fascinating welterweight fight to kick us off. And guys, you know me, I always sprint to try and get my contender series research done. Uh, and I was doing it all today. Ruffy is the guy I've watched the least of, but what I'm excited about is that we've got our guy uh, Dixon uh, in the chat says, Caio Barajo is calling a Ruffy round one KO. They're training partners at Fight Nerds. Very good gym. We've given uh, praise and love to Caio Barajo on this show, as well as Fight Nerds. It's a gym. Uh, Eduardo Mora, I believe, is another fighter on this season, the contender series that we picked. We picked her to win by sub. And she ended up coming through in that spot as well. So um, Fighting Nerds has been on a little bit of a hot streak, but now they've got a little bit more of a difficult challenge. They've got Raymond Magomed Aliyev. And I believe that if my memory is not mistaken, this is the gentleman who's out of the Islam Mahashev camp. Um, and he had basically gotten the, the stamp of endorsement from Islam, a little bit older than you would typically see from a prospect on a show like this. He's 33 years of age, but he does have a very sound record at 10 and one does have wins over guys you've heard of like an Impa Kasanganai, like an Anthony Njikawani. Um, The loss to Nakashima, I thought was a little bit concerning guys. Cause I did watch that uh, fight and Nakashima had his way with, him. you know, just took him down all over the place, kind of dominated him in the grappling, especially by round threes, taking him down, mounting him, uh, you know, getting to a lot of the positions he wanted to be. And that was a huge concern for me um, coming into this fight. Uh, because Ruffy is coming out of a really smart gym. I'm sure they're going to have done their homework. I'm sure they're going to go back. You know, what is a nerd if not somebody that's going to do their homework, right? So I think that we're going to see uh, Ruffy come in here with probably an educated game plan. I think he's going to try and get to his top position, but it's not going to be an easy thing to do. Uh, on the other side, Magomed Aliyev, it's not like he's a bad wrestler. Most of the time, he's the one having his way in the wrestling and the grappling phase. But you see somebody short, stout, with a good wrestling game of their own, they could expose him a little bit. And that's what we saw with Nakashima. Um, that was a little bit of a ways back. So, you know, you give him that credence. But for me, that seemed like a little bit of a red flag. Boys, I haven't even looked at the lines on this fight card yet. So I'm going to be pulling that up as I kick this over to my guy, Gordo. Uh, and then we will introduce some uh, lines as additional context for the conversation. But Gordo, what do you got, brother? Yeah, dig into those. Tell me what you think. Uh, I myself actually didn't look till later. And you know what? You have to understand that when you're going out here and you're getting stamped by uh, Igalam Makachev, there is going to be a bit of a name tag. That's what it is. Not only that, but he was he was stamped in Eagle FC by Khabib as well. He's someone who they're looking to promote. He's, he's a good friend. You got the right connections in there, and he is someone who uh, you're kind of paying that name tax for, right? Because you know he's a, a talented guy. He's training with the right people. You know he has that fundamental ground game in his back pocket. And he looks like he's decently explosive on the feet as well when it comes to that striking technique. And overall, if you go out there and you watch five minute fights, it's like, yeah, this this guy's got, got the skills. You know, he, he's got an ability to um, strike from range as well. And he, the guy has all the tools to go out there and have success, especially considering the camp he's coming from. And that's why I understand why he is a favorite. It's just hard for me to go out there and lay this sort of price tag on someone who I still think has flaws. I don't think he's Makachev. I don't think he's Khabib. I don't think he's necessarily someone who has that relatively ability to be proven at this level, especially considering the way that he's going out there and showing these flaws, right? He is someone who is still 33 years old, uh, 33 years old, 
we all know how Dana thinks of these uh, older prospects when they make an inner series. And he's someone who shows that he has issues, right? His cardio is definitely a big question mark. His striking defense is questionable as well. And he can be counter-wrestled as the fight extended. The problem we have here, though, is although Rufi is a guy who's been very, very explosive in his own right, has fought well, um, he's someone we also we have limited knowledge on, right? We want to know a, a good fundamental skill set when we go out there and trying to go against someone from that Makachev camp because we want to be able to, to know what they bring to the table. And that's kind of where we get this curveball, right? Because we think on paper that this that this Magomed Alive guy is the guy they're bringing in to succeed. I'm not too sure a lot of the time, right? Are they bringing in this 33-year-old guy with cardio issues? Are they bringing him in here as a guy who hasn't really always been the most entertaining fighter a lot of the time to go in there and steamroll this guy from Brazil who I think has some fun fights in this record? It, it seems to me like this is who we truly have some good matchmaking. And I don't think there is uh, really someone they're trying to promote to a bigger extent. I do think there's a name tags of Magomed, Mala, Magomed Malayev, but what we do have is a very fun fight. And this is a very long-winded way for me to say that this is a, 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 a line that is a bit too wide for my liking. Not one where I'm probably even going to take a stance, but I'm going to sit back and enjoy this fight from a betting, uh, from a viewing perspective. But I don't think Ruffy's that bad. I think he throws his fight any intention. Very powerful guy. Yeah, his hands are down low, but he has great hand speed, great ability to go out there and knock people's lights out, and it's fun to watch. That's an entertaining style. That's more the Dino Wagenhender series style is what I'm trying to say. Yes, his question marks. I think he can be backed down against the clinch. I think he can be taken down. His cardio is still unknown since he hasn't really been taken to round three at all. But he's still a guy who's fun to watch, who I think is going to have the more powerful shots. And although Magomed Alive is a guy who is probably going to be the better wrestler of the two, is his cardio good enough to carry him all three rounds here if he can't get Rufi out of there? So to me, there are questions. For anyone going out there, getting an early number on Magomed Alive, sure, don't blame you. I think he has the more well-rounded skill set. But to me, I, I I do like this fighting nerve camp. I do like their ability to game plan. I do like this guy's speed and striking. And I think it's going to be for a very, very fun fight. So considering the the backgrounds, the teams behind both these guys, I don't really have a strong opinion. I think the line's wide. Might sit back with my feet up. I have no action on this one so far. The chat is fired up here. We got people on props. We've got people um, looking at taking a shot on the dog here. Our guy Mushroom MMA, a regular in the comments section. Our guy George as well, uh, looking at the Fighting Nerds camp. He's excited about it. Our guy Just Win Baby says Dana White steroid series, Russian wins. Uh, so that's what he's looking at. Uh, he's thinking that maybe we got some uh, you know, supplemental enhancements on the side of the Ruski in this one. Uh, Dixon says stop Brazilian hate a common refrain on this show. So Pierce, what do you think? Should we stop Brazilian hate here? Are you liking the underdog or uh, do you like the juicy boy uh, Russian? What do you think? Yeah. So we've had two fighting nerds guys this season with Gene Silva and Carlos Prates. And I bet on both those guys. I'm two and O betting fighting nerds and we're going to fucking make it three and O come tomorrow night. So my issue with uh, Raymond, I think he's a very talented fighter, but at the end of the day, he's 33 years old. And I've noticed Tapology actually has the wrong age for Ruffy. He's actually 27 and Tapology has it as 30. So ideally, I, I feel like Ruffy's making improvements. And then I know you guys said he trains with Islam. I don't think it's full time. I've actually seen him with a lot of the ATT American top team Russians. He's been cornering them for the past because I think he hasn't fought in 16 months since the Impa fight. So he's been in a long layoff. And while I think Raymond's a really talented fighter, it's just at the end of the day, I, I, I just see the number and it's like minus 245 for Raymond. Yeah, I get he should be the favorite because he probably offers more tools to win this fight. We see him clinch. He has a good clinch game. That's probably where he works best. But I find it odd for uh, someone from that part of uh, the world in Dagestan that he's so bad off his back. 
I mean, offensively, his wrestling is great, but I've seen him in multiple fights. I mean, you mentioned it, the Nakashima fight. We saw moments in the Impa Kasanganai fight as well, and then even the Maguire fight as well. In the last round, he got mounted. And, I, I mean, Gordo brought it up. The cardio is suspect on the Raymond side. I wouldn't even say Ruffy has great cardio either because it's I've seen him in some of his fights that get extended. He slows down, but at the end of the day, when I look at Ruffy, I think he has elite takedown defense where he's not fighting like Dagestani level wrestlers. I just see a lot of the stuff he's doing, especially in the Manuel Souza fight. That's probably, even though he did lose, he got knocked out in the second round. That's probably the best opponent Ruffy has fought. And he did an amazing job uh, staying up on the feet. I think Manuel got him down once, but he popped right back up. And you can just tell fundamentally he does all the right things when it comes to defending the takedowns. So I feel like this fight's probably going to play out in the clinch. I mean, you know, Raymond, he has good striking in his own right, but... I feel like in this matchup, he's going to want to force the clinch because the way Ruffy strikes, he's very dynamic and he's kind of a powerhouse. I mean, I feel like Ruffy, if they stay at range, I think he might hurt him. But at the end of the day, Ruffy, his, um, for as good a takedown defense he has and for as dynamic he is, he is a bit hittable. That's probably what uh, has ca caused him to lose in the past. I mean, we saw in his loss, he was a little cocky, hands down, he gets caught. So, I mean, maybe Raymond can find a KO. I just think at this price, it's hard to really justify betting Raymond at the end of the day when he has suspect cardio. And I believe his path to victory is like a clinch fest decision. And it's like, I'm not paying minus 250 for someone to clinch for three rounds. It's just weird, man, because I don't think Raymond's the type of guy that's going to go out there and put on a dominant performance and get a contract. Meanwhile, Ruffy, I think he could get a first round knockout here if Raymond stays at range. But it's it's a tough fight to really get a read on because I don't really know what type of fighter Raymond is. He hasn't fought in 16 months, so is he regressing? Is he getting better? He does look like he's on the steroids, but I don't know. They sized up pretty well, man, so I, it's tough to really justify the chalk here, so I got to take a shot on the dog. Got plus 190. If it keeps going up, I'm going to add some more. I just feel like Ruffy's the value side. Yeah, I'd have to imagine when you look at a guy um, like Raymond and he's got that layoff, I, I think Eagle FC was kind of going through some stuff financially where they weren't sure if they were coming or going for a little while. And like Khabib stepped away from running the show, I think. So they didn't know what they were going to do. I'm sure that a lot of those Eagle FC fighters were kind of in limbo. Also, if you remember, there was kind of that weird period where like a bunch of Russian fighters were just pulled from cards and nothing was ever said about it again. You know, like a Tagiru on Bekov and these guys just like, you know, just pulled from fight and then replaced and, and never spoken of again for a little while. So I don't know exactly what else going on with some of those situations, but it does make me think some of these guys maybe couldn't get out of country uh, or, or certain kind of restrictions in order to get fights. So he might just be, you know, trying to make up for lost time here. Um, you look at that Impa fight. I think that's a great point you bring up. Impa's kind of weird to uh, judge people against because I do think he's got a ton of inherent athleticism. You look at his body, he's got like a big body too. It's really hard for um, Magomed to get much going against Impa physically. Like he, he normally is able to leverage his physicality over opponents and was not able to do that. And so that's my question here is Ruffy wasn't really leveraged physically in his loss. He was just knocked out on the feet and kind of fighting a little bit, to your point, arrogant. So I do think when I'm looking at this kind of matchup, I don't expect Magomed Aliyev to knock him out on the feet. Uh, I do think that there's a chance he could just ground him out, you know, like just take him down, wear him out, and eventually get the finish uh, from being kind of a grinder on top. Um, so I think there is a possibility for a late finish on the Magomed Aliyev side, but um, I would think Ruffy is probably the more likely guy to end it early. So for me, maybe uh, Ruffy on the money line early, and then uh, if you have live options, you could try and potentially get a better price um, 
as well because I, I do think he's getting taken down in the first round here at a decent clip. Magomedov leave comes out with a pretty good uh, pressure game. At the end of the day, we just haven't seen Ruffy on his back. So it's just like, I don't know if he's going to be a fish off his back, but I've seen him hit. Uh, he's just got great hips, honestly. It's like the dude's balance looks really well. And if I haven't seen him on his back, I'm not going to assume he's a fish off his back. So it's, I can't. Yeah, out of fighting nerds, no no losses by sub. So, dude, that I gym's on fire, man. I'm not looking it's a positive to get in front unknown. of 100%. But yeah, fighting yeah, and, nerds and for the win. If you are like Pierce and you do think he does have good takedown defense, then yeah, he's going to be the side here. I, I didn't see enough to be proven that he does. I mean, he's facing his level of competition. He still ends up being taken down in a couple of these spots. And to me, facing a guy who's going to be the best, best, best wrestler yet, I'm a bit more cautious than Pierce is. If you think he's got great takedown defense, go for it. You get a big plus money for it. In my eyes, though, the one final thing I'll say about this uh, is when I'm going out there and I want to fade Raymond here, I need a guy with good cardio and a good ability to make him work. Right, we we know how to test that card. The way you're going to beat Raymond is making him tired, right? And I haven't seen Ruffy in round three, so who knows that he is going to be fresher than him in round three? He probably will be coming from that camp, but until I see it from my own eyes, I'm not going to go out there and and bet on it or force any action on that. However, if you do have stronger stances, go for it. I also don't mind the fact Raymond was down in uh, Florida at ATT. Get the work in. Show you're going out there trying different gym, different partners. I don't mind that. For me, it comes down to as simple as gun to my head. I would pick Raymond here. However, I do think the line is wide, so I'm staying away. The last couple things I'll mention here as we move to the next fight, guys. The A side here on social media is definitely going to be Magomed, and by a huge margin. He's actually got the biggest social media following of anybody on this fight card, almost 50,000 followers. It's more than half the people you see on like a standard UFC card, so he's definitely a well-known guy. Uh, probably one of the more well-known guys coming in from an Eagle FC type promotion. Um, but, you know, still has a lot to prove in the octagon. And I think the the line reflects the fact that, uh, you know, he's considered the A-side here. So next up, we've got Magomed Gadzi Yasulov, um, who I believe is of Russian extraction as well. I think he was born in Moscow, if my memory serves, taking on Jose Daniel Medina, and I don't mind taking this one first. Uh, I didn't love what I saw from Jose Daniel Medina. Um, you know, I didn't think his physicality looked all that good. Uh, I haven't looked at the lines on this fight. I would assume he's an underdog here. Uh, his opponent was able to go out there and get – what's that? Go look. Um, you like it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so at least my brain hasn't broken. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that it's probably, you know, a touch wide. I do think whoever gets on top here is, is going to – look very good in the fight, but just overall, I think that the depth of scale on the Magomed side is, is higher here. I think he's a better fighter. Um, I also think he's just pretty consistent in what he does. I saw at one point he got rocked in uh, a fight. I forget exactly who it was against. I might have it written down. Um, no, I just wrote down, I wrote down a bunch of compliments about him. So, uh, I won't bore you with all those. I'll probably share a bunch of those in the analysis, but just, he did get rocked by a punch in one of his fights and just got to take down anyway, you know, just kind of like looked like he was um soldier like in his process like oh no matter what happens i gotta get this takedown he got hit with a big shot got rocked and he was like i better get this takedown um and he just looked like he had good process so for me that's the kind of thing i'm looking to back in a light heavyweight fight you know medina seems like a guy who lucks his way into some of his wins you know uh, first time i watched him fight a guy who looked somewhat athletic I, I thought he looked terrible you know he just looked like he was getting backed up for most of the fight um, you know, was able to get taken down in that spot, get backed up to the fence. So overall, you know, um, I think he's the only Bolivian fighter we've seen on this season. Is that right? Um, so, you know, in that sense, we wish him well, you know, um, you know, trying to make a name for his country. God bless him for it. But for me, uh, I think Bahrain 
Bahrain might have paid for a good one here. Uh, I, I think that they've got the the minus a thousand favorite for a reason. I, I think he's going to win this fight. Gordo, how do you feel? Yeah, this is the uh, the widest favorite we do have on the season, I think, so far. Um, and I, I come on these shows. Gordo tries to keep a nice positive attitude, be nice to everybody, right? Canadian way. What are we doing here? Like, what is this Medina guy doing here on Dana White Contender Series? Like, yeah, okay, first of all, let me clear the air. Like, he could beat me up. I'll, I'll power to him. But is he really the best prospect we can get <laughs> to fight on Dana White Contender Series right now? You watch the tape, and this guy is not it, man. He is not it. He's out there. He's struggling. He's extremely sloppy in his entire process. Sure, he's 11-2, and two, but he gained some horrible level of competition. His combined opponent's record is 37-50. and 50. That's not something you want to see. He's going... Uh, tooth and nail with some guys who should be out there farming and, and not really fighting at all. Guys who probably uh, just fight for fun and he's out there just uh, struggling. And I do think he's in for a reawakening here now. Minus twelve hundred in this economy, I see that coming. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not laying minus twelve hundred. I don't like. I'm not going to do that. But do I think Magomed is going to win this fight? Of course I do. I, I think he is the far superior fighter. I think he is extremely dynamic and technical you don't really see these guys at 205 they having that right uh technicality right he's switching stances he's he's doing a good ability to mix it up to the body to the head really explosive in his movement as well and he seems like the far superior fighter now medina does have some decent um ground and pound opposition i'll give him that i'm trying to find things to be nice to the guy about but truly he gets tired as the fight goes on he is extremely sloppy with some entries the later the fights go his striking technicality is very questionable at best, and, and I do think that there are much better prospects who I think deserve this shot on Daniel Kennedy series more. Um, with that being said, this fight we do have at hand. We do have the younger guy here in Magomed, a guy from out of a good camp. Uh, questionable level of competition, but he looks like he has the goods here. I, I think he wins. I haven't looked into props, so I don't know if there's any value in anything right now. It's just the line is ugly. It's where it should be, in my opinion, and I, I'm not getting there. Yeah, fair enough, man. Uh, that makes sense to me. Pierce, do you disagree here? Uh, you think there's any value to be had on the dog? Uh, would, would always love a, a nice plus 750 uh, if you think there's value. But if not, uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, I, I think there's value on the favorite. Um, when I look at uh, Daniel Medina or whatever his name is, I don't even care what his name is, man. This is one of the worst dudes of the season, and I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. He sucks. He's blown up light heavyweight. He should he should be honestly a welterweight. I don't know why the fuck he's on this show. He's really bad. He goes for takedowns, but yet I seen him get mounted multiple times, and it's like, I, I I'm really upset because I had to sit through an hour of watching this guy fight, man. I, it's I wasted too much time, and the Lions minus one thousand. I got an opener on Godzi KO. I don't even love that. It's got blown up right now, but at the end of the day, man, I don't know why the fuck this guy's here. And it's unfortunate they didn't make this the first fight of the night because I don't want to have to watch this one. But here, here we are. Gods, he's gonna get a round one finish probably. But what, what, what do you want me to do here, man? It's chalk, and his opponent sucks. So I mean, he doesn't even have a pulse. Minus twelve hundred in this economy. I think it should add another zero to it, man. This is a horrible fight. You know what's interesting to me? I, I actually didn't get to watch the fight where he got submitted by nine and eight Claudio Rocha, but. I do think that that is the potential trap on this fight. You know, I think a lot of people are going to say, hey, minus 1,000, chop it down to minus 250 for that KO. And I'm just telling you guys, this guy's never been KO'd. He's been decisioned. He's been submitted. So I look at that and I say that's trap central right there. And I actually envision the submission here, um, you know, pre, pre uh, you know, looking at, at the lines or anything. It's like plus 350. Um, so 
I'll probably have a little bit of that small play uh, on the um, sub for me. I forgot to mention. So I was actually watching the Magomed Godzi Sulov tape. So he had this one promotion he fought for called BFC Contender Series 7. I kid you not, dude. That is the most fixed promotion I've ever seen in my life. There is literally, it's like a 30-minute long YouTube live. There is literally a dude that competed twice in the span of 30 minutes, bro. Some of the funniest shit I've seen. And this is like what these uh, regional scenes in like the Middle East do for like these guys like Mogulman. They just build up their record, get him one decent win, which we saw in his last fight. And then now he's on the contender series. But the kid's good, man. I, I just don't, the sub, I get you're trying to play the numbers here. But I mean, you look at him, he's a striker. He's got fast kicks, so I just feel like I feel like we're setting up the head kick knockout right here. But regardless, he's gonna get it finished. If it's not a KO, so be it. But you, be you must have one. forgot, Pierce. We're at light heavyweight, okay? I can tell you exactly what's gonna happen here. There's gonna be a big clash of violence, and then this dude Medina is gonna go bear hug and then guard pull like a legend. So that's what I'm expecting here. He's gonna put himself underneath on bottom. He's gonna get arm triangle choked, and it's gonna be glorious for the cultura. Por la cultura. Um and then we'll thank him for his services. So, yeah, give me Magomed by sub. That's what I got for that second fight. Um, next up, we've got Eduardo Matias Torres, 16-1 prospect out of Chile, taking on Victor Hugo Silva, maybe the most experienced guy um, on the Contender Series this year, certainly got to be one of them, um, with 27 professional bouts. Hard, hardly uh, would be able to tell. You know, not as easy to find some of his footage. You got to really start digging in. Um, to get in, into a lot of his fights. Victor Stryker, uh, if you guys have done the digging yourself, you know what I'm talking about. A lot of his fights kind of got weird labeling on YouTube. But in any case, um, Eduardo Torres, what can I say about this guy other than I wasn't that impressed? You know, uh, for a 16 and one prospect, I wanted to be more impressed. Um, I think he's a tough guy. I think he's game. I think he can fight for 15 minutes. Uh, he's got pretty good straight shots. He can throw a spinning back kick. He's got some diversity to his striking. I think he can be taken down. I think he can be grinded out. I think he gets backed onto the fence way too easy. Doesn't control center. Um, you know, the Noel and Hernandez fight, that was pretty lackluster. Honestly, just not that great of an effort, uh, kind of getting backed up a little bit too much there. He's had a couple other fights where he got backed up a lot, was almost lucky to win him. I, I think that was against a four and five guy I watched. It, it was a unanimous decision, but for me, it was a very close fight. Um so it doesn't seem like he's ready to me. Um, maybe he's made some big jumps here. Does look like a physical guy, a pretty big guy um, for 135 pounds. But I, I think Victor Stryker Silva is a dangerous guy. You know, I think he's got good composure. You know, I had to rewatch his fight. Um, I forget the gentleman's name, but uh, one of the fights that he had where he knocks the guy out in the second round, I had to rewatch it because at first I thought he was the big guy. You know, I was like, he's got to be. Surely he's the big guy if he's going to be on contender. So he's this little guy. And he was out there just dicing the guy up and absolutely knocked him out with an overhand right. It was brutal, brutal stuff. So he's got power in his hands. He's fast. And he was getting takedowns as well. The referee stood him up. I couldn't really understand it. Seems like he's got a decent enough process. He'll come forward, get in your face, take you down, or hit you with big shots on the feet. So um, Victor Stryker Silva, most experienced guy on the show. Give me Victor Silva. I think he's going to win this fight. I don't know what the lines are. I haven't looked at him. So, yeah, I think he wins the fight. What do you think, Gordo? What would you line it at? Um, it's always fun game, right? I mean, the guy's only lost once. Maybe minus one eighty-five, minus two hundred. Then you might have a bet on your hand, my friend. What is it? Uh, let me pull up what it is now. It was evens earlier. Oh, minus one thirty, minus one twenty-five. Okay, yeah, I think I think you should be favored. I think you should probably be favored. 
Um, so that's my opinion. Well, I'm curious what you think, brother. <laughs> I, I love asking you that. Sorry for putting you on the spot. It's always, it's always interesting to, to, to see your process of looking before the lines do. I know that as soon as I'm done my tape, I'm looking. Where can I get this edge? I, I like I like seeing your your your, uh, your mind's been there. So, yeah, it's nice. And I was kind of responding to some hockey comments there. I got to show some love to Sid the Kid. Hockey season starts up soon. Got to get those drafts going next Tuesday. All right, next Tuesday it's starting. All right. Anyways, um, this one here is a fun one. It is the closest line, closest line fight, and I think it is going to bring some decent entertainment. Right? You love to see these good records before these guys can be in a contender series. I know he's thirty years old, which is kind of on the older scale of things, but twenty-seven pro fights so far in a contender series—that is good things. Now, level of competition is not going to be the highest, but you're getting the work in. You're showing me a lot of stuff I want to see, right? If I'm going to go out there and I have to, to choose between watching a, a bunch of tape and, and knowing what we're going to get from the guy versus question marks we did on Piazza on last week, I'm going to take what I know. I like having method to my madness, right? Going out there, seeing what I can trust. What we can see from the guy is deception from his nickname, but also a, a guy who's going to go out there and stick with some of the game plan. Nickname is going to be striker. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, he's a guy who likes to wrestle. He, he does shoot from pretty far out. And I, and I do like those, that style, right? My style uh, that I like capping for my fights is I'm a DraftKings player first. So when I'm watching UFC, I love my high, acti- high activity wrestlers. I love my volume guys. They're fun stuff. And I do think in this matchup here, he is going to have the wrestling advantage. And I think he's going to have the volume advantage in the spot here. And I do think that that style has led him to some fun fights and he could win optics that way. The reason this line is so close, in my opinion, is because although Torres is more low volume and, and he's not going to be the aggressor on the mat, he is more technical. He is more plotting. And I do think he has the ability to go out there and land some damaging shots. And sometimes um, it's going to be the moment versus minute winner. And sometimes these moment winners win. Sometimes these guys from Chile who have the power, who have the technical ability to go out there and start stuffing the shots later on are able to have success. That doesn't really change my breakdown on this one, though. In my eyes, I do think Silva has the ability to go out there, land takedowns, have success in that regard, win minutes, have more activity on the feet to counteract the the, the um, sniper-like technicality of Torres. And I do think he's able to win this fight. My way to manage or mitigate my risk here, though, it'd be if Torres can stuff these takedowns early on, live bet him. Because I do think he has the better technicality. And I do think as Silva gets sloppy, Torres might be able to take down down the stretch. And, and that's kind of my mentality towards it. However, with that being said, a ton of experience on the Silva side, a ton of activity, a ton of volume. And I like to see that. He looks like he's hungry in there. And although he is going to be at a technicality disadvantage, in my opinion, I think his volume is able to overact that. Should be a fun fight. I love your breakdown, my man. Our guy, Just Win Baby, in the comments says, split decision BS, take the dog in Torres. Our guy Dixon says the one time this Chilean dude stepped up in competition, he was uh, beaten by Noelin Hernandez sub twice and cut from the UFC. Give me Silva by sub. So we've got a lot of interesting comments here in the chat firing off. Appreciate everybody for your feedback. If you haven't already, make sure you like the video. Make sure you get subscribed to the channel because we're talking about fights here each and every week. And Pierce, brother, let us have it. What do you think about this matchup, the co-main event of the evening? Break it down for us. Yeah, he's actually, um, I did bet Hugo Silva by submission. That's my only bet on this card. I mean, on this fight, but he actually hasn't been subbed. There was a decision loss to Noelle. But I've only, I'm only really playing that just because I thought the number was wide. I don't know what the, what is at now, but I got it at like five to one. And I mean, y'all are, y'all mention it. You see a grappling path and I agree. We see in a lot of Hugo Silva's fights, he goes for takedowns. But at the end of the day, the sub prop was the only thing I'm going to play on that fight on his side. 
because I just I just don't know what type of fighter Hugo Silva is. I mean, at the end of the day, we have 20 seconds of film on the past four years. I couldn't find whether, Liam, you found some fights. I couldn't find any fights since 2019 where this guy, uh, other than the one where he got the heel hook. And in his fights before that, I mean, this dude's like, he doesn't even know what weight class he's in. He's fighting at 165 pounds, which is fucking insane considering this is at Bantamweight. He's like hopping up and down weight classes. And while I respect that, Hugo seems like someone that's just down the fight anytime, anywhere. And I, I just I just don't really know how to rate him because it's like he goes for takedowns, but I don't think his wrestling's that good. I don't think he really sets up his shots well. It's really just him just throwing overhands and mixing in double like takedowns. And while the Ed Torres tape is not as not good either, man. The guy's susceptible to getting put on his back foot. He gets stuck in the clinch a lot and I don't know. I just got a weird feeling that Torres is the side. I, I don't know exactly why. I'm getting like Ignacio Bahamundes vibes from him. Uh, same country. They're both from Chile. They both like to kick a shit ton. And that's probably the thing that sticks away um, from his game the most is Torres. He has fast kicks. He likes to poke at the body. We've seen him actually get a couple finishes with like knees to the body or like a step in knee. So he's dynamic, man. Maybe he can time something up the middle on a level change, but I, I my thought process was if the Torres line gets to like maybe like plus one fifteen plus one twenty I'm probably gonna play it. Doesn't look like we're gonna see that number. It's about plus one hundred five plus one hundred right now. In my notes before the odds came out, I said this is a pick'em's fight. Stay the fuck away. And I can't help but think that man, you got someone that's gonna look to take it down. I don't think he has good wrestling. Then you got someone that's gonna look to strike. But I think he has issues uh, getting out of the clinch. So it's gonna probably be maybe the overs. Honestly, it's um. It's plus money for the over two and a half. It's actually pretty decent plus money. And this is 135. I don't really rate Torres' finishing ability too much on the feed. I know he's got like body KOs, but he's gone five rounds. We It took him five rounds to get a finish on one of these guys. And we see him go to a lot of decisions. Although I did play Hugo Silva by sub just based on the path that he presents to win the fight. I do like the overs. And I'll probably play, honestly, I'm probably going to play Torres if we get plus 115, plus 120. Because I see this as a 50-50 fight. You know, it's so funny because I I basically like silo myself off from contender series, uh, like opinion and everything. I really try not to get anybody else's opinions before this. And I think that uh, Silva's going to win this fight by knockout. Like, I, I think he's got huge power on the feet. I think he's a really dangerous guy. And I think that Noel and Hernandez fight, like he wasn't getting out wrestled, out grappled. He just got outstruck pretty cleanly by a guy who's not that good. That was my recollection of the fight. So I just think about that. And I'm like, Noel and Hernandez doesn't really have the power to put you away. But I didn't like some of his reactions to punches there too. He, he was getting hit and then like backing up with both eyes open and like reaching for the subsequent punches. You do that against Victor, he might just knock you the hell out. So um, yeah, for me, I just feel like Victor, a guy who's coming in with 27 fights, is he going to be spooked by the moment of contenders here? I don't see that. You know, this other guy, I don't think he's fought anybody real. You know, even Noel and Hernandez is like sub UFC level that was proven by his UFC run. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Don't don't like this fight for Torres personally. Opened up minus 175. That's kind of closer to where I would put it. So me, uh, me and the house maker saw this one. We missing. haven't mentioned. I don't think anybody mentioned one thing I didn't like about Silva. Dude, he is so fucking hittable on the feet. The dude just throws from the hips, man. And while I did say I like the overs, that's just something where it's like, I don't, I don't really trust the guy that's throwing overhand bombs. But like it could land. He does hit like a truck. I'll give you that. It's just it seems like a tough fight to get a read on, in my opinion. Well, dude, that, that fight that uh, I was discussing with the overhand, when you said it was at 170, it makes more sense now because, dude, the guy looks like he's three weight classes bigger than him and he knocks him the hell out with an overhand right. This guy will diddy bop with anybody. Um, and by the way, 
hasn't lost since a rib injury in 2014, I think. So like, I, that's as close to an undefeated fighter as you can get, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, what, what else is he supposed to do? He's out there taking a bunch of fights. He's won most of them. I don't know. Seems like a pretty tough guy to me. So I understand why he's favored here. What's um, the uh, success rates on guys named Silva this season? I'm not sure, but I'll tell you. I always remind people this one quote because one of my favorites, Dana White, is looking for a new big star from Brazil. That's what he always says. He's looking for new big stars from Brazil. So uh, let's see if we can get one. Shout out to our guy. Cheshire Cat for the dono here. $5 dono from the brother. Appreciate you. He says big cheers and a big cheers to you, my man. Also want to take a quick opportunity very briefly to just shout out my guy Contenders View. I was going back through the uh, through the live chat last week, and he said that he put in a dono and that we did not get to the question. So I owe you one, Contenders View. I saw that, brother. I went back, and I owe you one for sure. So make sure uh, if you ever have a question, say, Liam, you owe me one, and I got you, 1,000. Um, but with that being said, guys, we got a main event to break down. So let's do it. Let's not leave people in suspense. Adolfo Balato, he's back in the building. He was here last year. He got beat up by Vitor Petrino, mugged, and uh, he got sent back to the regional scene. But since then, he's done what you've expected of him, right? He goes back out to the regional scene, goes to LFA, gets the first round knockout win in front of the Brazilian crowd. Everybody goes crazy. Good stuff. Gets back in the good graces. And then Acasio Dos Santos, a guy that I believe fought on contender series. I know for sure he lost to Chidi and Jokowani. That was the contender series matchup. Correct. So that matchup, um, Chidi absolutely mopped. It was the pleasure, man. The pleasure. Oh, the pleasure, man. Oh, I'm bugging. Excuse me. But in any case, that was the 13 takedowns, just easy money. Uh, there's another guy who looks very similar to him that also got mugged on contender series. So that's what I'm thinking. Mario Souza. Yes, thank you. You know who the guy I'm that was brought Basically, in three times. Basically, the interchangeable Brazilian yeah. jobbers. Yes, yeah. thank you. So that's exactly what we're talking about here. Is he beat one of the interchangeable Brazilian jobbers, and now he's back in the show. Um, so Bellato, here's the the things that are positive. You look at the first Petrino fight and the the most recent Petrino fight. He got way better, right? Like he was clearly so much better in that second meeting between the two. He landed a big shot that rocked Petrino. He took his back, had a good position on him. But Petrino, the thing that stands out about him, if you guys rewatch that, especially the second fight, he's just so calm. There's no, You can't rattle this guy. You hit him with a big shot. He's like, he's literally like holding the wrist, like looking over at his corner, like, be cool. It's all good. Like he, he's like talking everybody else down. So Petrino, just you can't rattle the guy. Like this guy, Bellato, really tried to get to him a couple times, tried to really hurt him. Here's the things I don't like about Bellato. Pulls guard. Not going to work in this weight class. I mean, if you're pulling guard in this weight class, you're asking to be hurt. You're asking to be knocked out. You're asking to get finished. Uh, and by the way, Petrino did a lot of good setup work in round one after a failed guard pull from Bellato. So big red flag. He continues to do that, right? Like he did that against Acasio Dos Santos um, in the second round. I believe he got mounted, like put himself just flat back underneath. Um, so he makes mistakes. But his opponent had a heart attack, right? He was in cardiac arrest from round three on. So then he was able to rally back in that fight. I feel like Bellato slows down badly over the course of the fight. But if his opponent does too, he's willing to keep going. Like he's willing to just say, I'm real tired, but I'll push you into the fence. I'll try and, you know, hump your leg and take you down. So he definitely has some tools that he can use. But I just looked at him and said, like, I don't think the UFC wants Adolfo Bellato around. I don't think they give a rat's ass if they sign him or not. I think if they brought him in, they'd be bringing him in to cannon fodder him to somebody else that they really like. They'd be like, yo, Vitor, let's do it a third time just in case. Like, they'll be like, let's just see what happens if we run it three times. Like, they're just going to try and get this guy beat if he comes to the UFC. That's my humble opinion. 
But you look at a guy like Bellato, and he does have some skills. Like he's definitely more talented than the average guy on the ground in this weight class. I think he has a coherent idea of how to play jujitsu and attempt submissions. But just for me, there's fat on his game. You know, there's things that he can improve in every position. I think he leaves a lot of openings for his opponents. A guy like Taha, I think that that's just the wrong guy to do that against. For Taha, his biggest liability is on the feet. I don't know what the hell the guy's doing. He's mostly just ah, like just like swinging his arms kind of recklessly. You know, it doesn't seem like a lot of striking process, but I think he's taking this guy down. I think he's going to get a lot of takedowns. Um, I, I think that Bellato, too willing to go to his back, he's probably going to be like, oh, I have this guillotine, and then just be in bottom uh, half guard. You know, that's the, the visions that I have of this fight. Murtaza, what I like from him is the consistency. He took him down against the fence, took him down, took him down, took him down, took him down, and then the fight's over. Like, he just will continue to press you and break you along the fence line. I really like that from him. And he has good skills on top, meaning he will go for ground and pound, but when it opens up an opportunity, he will take the submission. And when you don't give him the rear naked choke, he'll switch to the arm bar. So I did like a lot of what I saw from him on the mat, but he's a little bit small as well. He's not a very big guy. Um, Talha, Talha, excuse me. Um, so that was a little bit of my concern here. 27 years of age, very young guy, only six professional bouts, but has a lot of amateur experience. So fascinating matchup. Uh, I'm going to peek over at the odds as I kick it to my brother, Gordo. What do you think? Well, oh, this is the moment of suspense. What, what are the odds telling you? <laughs> oh, don't mute yourself. Okay. We got Bellato plus 235, Taha minus 295. I mean... Seems aggressive for the weight class, um, but I do think that – I think Taha is going to be getting takedowns. You know, I do think he's going to get takedowns in the first round here. Um, it's an interesting fight. It's an interesting fight. Bellato's not a complete uh, pushover in the wrestling or the grappling. I do think he'll have moments off his back here in the early going, but I don't think he's very balanced. So I, I actually do think he's getting taken down here in round one. Um, like almost Fair certainly. Play, yeah. that's, a, that's an opinion. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you'll come to realize after I talk about this one then, I have yet to place a bet on this card, for being honest, because it's not like I'm not hungry for action. We had a whole week off. I want to bet things, but there's some weird ones here. And, and truth be told, um, sounds like I may be a bit more bullish on Taha than, than you are, especially the way that Pierce is nodding up and down. Maybe maybe he's got some action we don't know about, but um, I do think Tal is, Tal is pretty decent here. I don't think he's going to have the most prominent UFC career, but I haven't seen, um, let's say too much that I want to be concerned with in this matchup here, right? Uh, yes, the striking may be a concern, but uh, like the guy has some decent experience, right? Uh, he won IMMAF, uh, very good amateur record as well, and he showed that he has a decent all his skill set, like his pace, like his pressure, like his ability to go out there and, and win these moments over someone like Bilotto. And I don't think Bilotto necessarily has that ability to sit down on his punches and punish Taha like someone may be able to do in the future. Now, sure, that ground game for Bellato is is serious. I think he's got some good transitions. I think that's his best attribute. But it's not like we're seeing many guys have the ability to pull this stuff off from, from guard and bottom position, especially at this division, right? It's going to be one where you have this guy who's going to be comfortable on top. I think Talha's going to have the, have the advantage here. And as this fight goes on, I've seen Bellato slow down. I've seen, although he has the ability to push through it sometimes, he's not the same dynamic guy he is off his back. And I think as this fight goes on, he's not going to have necessarily the ability to go out there and contend as much so in this spot here when we have a guy in Bellotto who yes is a decent ground game yes is a decent jab but who throws naked kicks who can be taken down who's content off his back who does tire down the stretch 
I think the I think the right guy's favorite here, and, and that's just as simply as it put it. I, I know Tyler doesn't have the pace of strikes, but the way that Bellato's throwing these these naked kicks and the way that he's out there to be hit, I do think that Chin is able to be caught again. And if it ever goes to the mat here, although there might be some dicey moments for Bellato, I love the ground and pound from Tala. I do think he's very positionally sound, and I do think he has the ability to go out there and have some success. I do think he wins this fight at high clip. Now, if we look at that from that regard, and I am pretty bullish on Taha, and I do think that the win condition for Bellato is rooted in a round one submission, or maybe him just proving me wrong because he's he's proved me wrong before. Um, the under, uh, it's juiced, but I, I think this is going to be a very violent affair. I, I don't see Bellato really going out there and competing in the later rounds. I think it's going to be him going out there trying some Hail Mary submissions, trying to land things, maybe getting caught with something, maybe being taken down and having Tala have to have some success there. So I do like Tala. I, I do think he's someone we may be able to fade down the stretch, but in this matchup here, I do think he has the right style to go out there and take success. And I look forward to hearing why Pierce thinks I'm wrong. Cause he, he's looking at me, man. He's ready to talk. I know. Look at that. He's ready to go. He's fired up in this spot. Pierce, let us have it. You know, Liam, stop Brazilian hate, man. Come on, man. Why 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 are we not betting Bellato at these odds? I understand at the end of the day, Taha's the guy Brian brought in, but I I got a crazy number on Bellato. I got him at like 375, and I think he's playable up to plus two hundred. That's where I lined him at. It's just at the end of the day, Taha, while he looks the part and you look at his topology, it's like, oh, he's fighting these high-level guys. You click on those guys' names, man. They are can't. They're literally fighting O and O guys, guys with losing records. They just have a good record, so it makes it seem like that he's fighting good competition. But at the end of the day, Taha, he's a bit unproven in my eyes, and I think he's fighting in the wrong weight class. He's a he's a two-time IMMAF uh, world champion, which is an amateurs. He was a middleweight as well, so I feel like he should be fighting at middleweight. But I guess I'm playing the number at the end of the day because when I look at Taha. Or let's say for Bellato, how do I think he wins? I honestly think Bellato has better jujitsu. I think he's a brown belt. I'm not even sure what belt Taha is, but I can just tell Bellato is fundamentally aware on the ground. I've seen him hit some nice half guard sweeps off his back. So, I mean, who's to say? Maybe he gets taken down, the, the Russian goes for some ground and pound, and he gets swept. What happens then? But, I, I mean, I wasn't as impressed with his offensive wrestling. It was more so uh, his defensive. He'd have a lot of these guys that would look to take him down, and he would counter that and end up on top where... I, I guess I think they might clinch a lot, which probably would favor uh, Taha. I'm not going out here saying Bellato should be the favorite, but I guess if um, Taha throws down, because I think that's a lot of Bellato's path to victory, which is early. And I think Bellato's he's, he's not afraid of a firefight, man. I really think Bellato could come in there, just throw bombs. And, I mean, we've seen we've seen this Taha dude throw, uh, throw bombs as well, and he's just winging overhand shots, and he's so reckless. His striking is horrible. I agree It's with horrible, you and it's like if he's going to play on the feet with Bellato, I think Bellato's striking offense is actually decent. It's just his his uh, striking defense for Bellato is not good either, but it's a volatile fight, man. I, I don't see why anybody wants to play minus 300 on this guy that hasn't proven himself at all. And then you got Bellato who he dropped Petrino. I mean, I think Petrino's the top five, top ten future light heavyweight guys, so it's like Losing to Petrino being his only two losses on his record, I, I don't mind that at all. And we, I mean, we've seen him go, the five round fight wasn't really uh, fun to watch, but I mean, maybe he was just a bit that more. round less... two. Would you, would you concede to me that that round two is alarming? No, it was. I, I don't think that Taha is getting taken down by Acasio Dos Santos. Yeah. No, right. I agree. That that was a bit concerning, but at the end of the day, I just I've seen someone that can go five rounds. Who the fuck knows if Taha can go two rounds? We haven't seen it. I I just don't know. So maybe he gasses down the stretch, but 
I just think it's a volatile fight, man. And for people to be planting their flag on a minus 300 dude that's really beating nobody, and he looks the part, but it's like, what, what are we doing here, man? I, I see all the value in Bilotto. I'm prepared to look like a fucking idiot, but I, I just can't justify not playing Bilotto at these odds, man. It's light heavyweights, man. For all we know, this fight could be a fucking pick em. He did beat Anton Turkali in the amateurs, so you never know. Or maybe he's better I mean, than I've you think. No, I mean, just fucking right. I've seen him slow down in amateur fights going three round, three three minute rounds. So it's like, dude, if he goes all heavy, because I the way Taha fights, he's gonna go fr from the jump. He's gonna go for the kill, and it's like I know Bellato, they grapple. I mean, I think Bellato is capable of surviving. I don't think he's someone that's just gonna wilt on the mat. So it's like, what happens if Bellato drags him out of the first rounds? It could get a bit greasy, man. At the end of the day, we just don't fucking know at this level. He's not fighting good guys. I mean, amateurs, yes, but pros at two hundred five, I, I, I can't, I can't justify this, man. I feel you for sure, Gordo. Did you have some follow up you wanted to give? Um, no, to, to, to me, this isn't one where I'm, I am looking to plant my fat flag. I, I think it is one that it has its own volatility, but at the end of the day, Bellotto is not someone who goes out there and impresses. I think he's limited. I, I think he has, um, a, a set of skills that can translate well entertainment wise, but, uh, it's, it's these things that, yeah, five rounds against a guy who I rate really poorly is not something I'm going to go out there and trust cardio-wise. I think someone who's going to go out there and allow him to be put on his back because we all know Bellotto is okay to be there is not something that I think is going to be a, a good matchup optic-wise. I, I think that there are tools that he may have the ability to have success with, but in, although we're talking about, yeah, well, we've never seen um, the way that this uh, Talha guy is able to defend strikes on the, on the feet. Well, he, he hasn't had to. And it's not like Bellotto's the guy to go out there and be like some world-class kickboxer. He's a guy who throws naked kicks in his own area, who, although is probably better technically, is just as poor defensively. And, uh, and sometimes you can land those really ugly shots on someone who is so reckless. Right. So, um, yeah, maybe a bit bullish of me to go out there and say, I like a minus 100 favorite whoop de doo I think he wins this fight. Uh, however, no, no shame to anybody taking the big plus money number all power to you. Just, uh, I maybe am discrediting Bellotto's skill set more than I, than I should here. So the thing about this fight for me, uh, I did take some notes on this. Um, I took notes on a bunch of the different fighters, but at the top, I got more down than I did on some of the later fighters. So uh, for Mirza Talha, I had big power, clinch knees, digs, underhooks to Pierce's point. A lot of guys were trying to take him down, and he was doing a good job defending takedowns, digging underhooks, turning sideways, and also using those uh, to set up counter wrestling opportunities, which is something I like to see. Um, for somebody that wants to get takedowns, let the other guy initiate it. So that way you can get an easier takedown. And that's what he did a lot of. Um, so I said capable of getting takedowns and passes, but susceptible to low kicks, very much so. Um, in most of his fights, he comes out and gets hit with a booming outside low kick to start. Like that's how his fights start. Uh, typically speaking, he can be blown off his feet by a well-timed double leg. That's that's a problem against Bellato because I do think Bellato you know, he's not very good defensively with his uh, wrestling. I think he's easy to barrel over. It's 205 pounds. He could definitely level change and take this guy down. So that for me is, is where Taha becomes an open question. Most of the time he's having a lot of success in the grappling. What happens if he's the nail in those positions? Does he have the same kind of resolve to get back up to his feet, to keep working, to, to deal with adversity? You know, I had mentioned on one of the other uh, MAGA meds that we talked about earlier today, I've seen him get rocked with a punch and then shoot the takedown. 
I want to know that you can deal with a fight going sideways and get back on track and get back onto your script as a guy like Ozzy would say, shout out Ozzy P. But like, that's what I want to see as a guy who's like, whoa, I just got my brain scrambled. Let me get back to winning positions. And I'm not sure about that from this guy. So for me, it's not enough knowns to justify the minus 300 personally. Um, although I do think he should be favored. Uh, it's probably a, a touch steep. I think he's going to win this fight. I would probably put it at like a minus 250 true odds, minus 230. So I don't know that I would get to the dog either, but I, I do feel like this is probably just a more volatile. I think light heavyweight is typically more volatile than people um, like to think of it as. We think about the heavyweight fight between Velasco and Gaziev. Gaziev, I thought, looked way more proven. Um, you know, had fought 10 professional bouts and he almost gave up his back to Greg Velasco, who's like a regional level guy from the Northeast. So again, just a, a couple of things to keep in the back of our mind there, but um, I'm fascinated by this card. I think that we should have some good action. Bahrain's got three chances, right? So you'd think theoretically they get at least one of those across the finish line, but an international night of fights. I'm excited about it. We've got recaps to give right now. So I'm going to kick it off to my brother, Gordo. Why don't you let the people know from bottom to top what you're dealing with on this card and how you feel about this fight? Yeah, man, if I'm going to be honest, there's some very fun fights to watch, but I haven't got there on any of them yet. I, I have not placed a bet for this card. It's typically not really what I, uh, what I, how I like to approach it. I typically like to have some bets locked in so far, but let's break it down my opinion anyway. So remember the very first fight of the night, Ruffy versus Magomed Alive. You're paying that price for Raymond, right? Training partners. And I do think that at the end of the day, gun to my head, if I had to pick a winner of this matchup, it's the more proven guy here at Magomed Alive. The guy who I think is going to have the ability to go out there, have the more aggressive takedown game, have the ability to compete in a technicality defeat as well. But I do think this line is wide. Ruffy's a guy who's going to have the ability to go out there and he throws with fight any intention, have the ability to go out there and push a pace against Magalayev. And I think that Ruffy's camp is going to prepare him for the best. The problem I have, and the only reason I haven't got to the window on Ruffy here is I haven't seen his, his cardio or his takedown defense really tested. So I can't go out there and back him with too much confidence against a guy who I, I know is going to be a solid grappler until I know he can make him work, until I know that he's going to be able to, to capitalize on Raymond's uh, cardio deficiencies. I can't go in there and trust him. With that being said, I do think the line is wide. I will not be getting the Raymond side of things. I think it should be a bit closer. However, gun to my head, I would pick Raymond to win this fight just because he has the grappling path to victory here against an unknown commodity in Ruffy. However, two good camps. Love that fight there. Next one, huge favorite in uh, Gadzilla Zulaf. Uh, and rightfully so. Man, Medina does not seem like he belongs in the show, in my opinion. If he goes out there and proves me wrong, I'll power to you. But he's a guy who is fighting horrible level of competition and looking poor doing so. I think there are many holes in his game. I think there are many better prospects that serve this shot. And instead of just a setup fight for Magomed here, Magomed's a guy who has been very explosive. I, I love his versatility out there on the feet. Um, and although it's a super steep price tag, not like I'm going to get any action on it. I do think he went to fight all the time, man. He, he seems to have many advantages here and and I, I do think he is the more skilled fighter in every regard don't need to say much more on that one torres silva closest line fight for very good reason i think you have the more aggressive um let's say volume guy the minute winner in victor hugo silva who also is a pretty solid still game sub game versus the more technical patient uh guy in torres who will look like to be the, the moment winner i like my minute winners you know as a DraftKings player you, you love the takedowns you love the volume upside He's the guy I like to back typically style-wise, and he's the guy I'm picking to win here. It is very, very close, and like I mentioned, if Silva's not able to have continued success in the grappling, he's not able to take down Torres, Torres could be a great live bet spot because I do think he has the ability to get his reads and become the more technical fighter as the fight goes on, considering Silva does get sloppy with these entries. With that being said, though, I love Silva's activity. I think he is aggressive from the feet as well, and Torres is also um, unknown at this level as well. So again, gun to my head here, I would pick Silva as well. And the final matchup, Bilado versus Talha. Um, 
I seem to be more bullish on the Tahoe side than you guys are, um, or maybe than Pierce's, sorry. And I understand that Bellotta may have the ability to go out there and uh, test this, this relatively improvement guy in Tahoe. But if I have to go out here and I have to look at my tape and I have to look at my research and go, who do I see being the rightful favorite? How would I line this fight? How would I go out there and see the, the, the either of these fighters playing? How did I see this fight playing out? Sorry. I would give attribute more paths to victory and more percentage to win to Tala here in this advantage. I think he has the ability to go out there, land some powerful takedowns, put Bellotto on his back, test his gas tank, go out there, uh, land some damage and ground and pound. And, and even on the feet, although he is so sloppy, really test that chin and horrible striking defense of Rodolfo Bellotto to go out there and and win that fight in his own regard as well. I, I do expect some early violence. If you want to play the under, that's probably my favorite play here, although it is juiced, because uh, I do think Bellotto's win condition is rooted in an early finish. But if that being said, um, it, it ends up being a card where I unfortunately, although I think there is some line discrepancy, some lines are wide, I did unfortunately pick all favorites. I'm not here to lie to anybody. I do my research and sometimes I agree with the books. It might not be fun, but that's the way I'm seeing it. We're looking at some Hail Mary parlays this week. Let's go with uh, Talha by... KO with Silva by submission, and let's go with the upset, Ruffy by KO. That'll give you some big plus money numbers. Uh, a full breakdown for me will be out tomorrow, though, as well on my on my Twitter threads. Very fun card. No action from me yet. We'll continue to do my research and uh, look forward to hearing these guys' quick picks as well. Absolutely love it, my man. With the freaking degenerate parlay on the end, didn't even have to ask for it. My man, absolutely love it. Pierce, what do you got, brother? Um, you could kick it from the bottom all the way on up to the top, my man. Break it down. Yeah, man. So uh, we're going dog hunting tomorrow. It's um, I feel like it's a lot of favorites that are a little bit overpriced and the values on a lot of the dogs. So first fight of the night, we got Mauricio Ruffy versus Raymond Magomed Aliyev. While I do think Raymond is a great fighter, he maybe should have been in the UFC maybe five years ago when he was in one championship. He's At the end of the day, he's 33 years old. And while I wouldn't say he's regressing, we just haven't seen it. He hasn't fought in 16 months, but... I guess uh, I, I really there's something about Ruffy when I watch his tape. I really think this kid is special. He's uh, out of a great camp in Fighter Nerds, which we saw two guys this season, Carlos Protes and Gene Silva, get wins on the Contender Series. So they're looking to maybe find some talent from that gym. And I just feel like at the end of the day, we got a guy in Ruffy that's just more dangerous. And if Raymond is going to strike with Ruffy, I think Raymond technically is a better striker, but... I just think Ruffy provides like this, uh, he's very dynamic. He's a very dynamic fighter. And I just have a feeling, it's just a gut feeling. I think this guy's going to find the first round finish. And I, I really haven't seen his uh, takedown defense, uh, at least him on the mat to say that he's a fish. He, for all we know, he could pop right back up, do all the right things. And he did fight this uh, Ronnie Matas guy or whatever his name is, Emmanuel Sosa. Those guys tried to take him down. I really liked fundamentally what he was doing to stop those takedowns. So I'm under the belief that he has good takedown defense. So if he can keep it on the feet, I think Ruffy's going to find the finish. That's my favorite fight of the night. I got to bet on Ruffy plus 190 for two units like that spot. And then we got Magomed Godzi. Godzi used to live versus Jose Medina. Not even overthinking this spot. Uh, Magomed is the rightful favorite minus 1200. I'm not playing that at all. I wouldn't even play the ITD or the KO. Just pass on the fight under, I guess. But I mean, it's just hard to really say at the end of the day because we've only seen Medina lose twice and he probably should knock him out in the first round. That's what the UFC is trying to do here. So I'm just going to say first round knockout for Magomed. Big, biggest squash match of the whole season, if I had to say, honestly. And then the third fight, we got Eduardo Torres versus Victor Silva. Both guys have two clear paths to victory. We got Victor Silva, who's going to look to go for the double leg takedown. 
and maybe he can knock out Eduardo. He does have an overhand. Uh, we could call it the overhand to God. We had the left hand to God last week. Now we have the overhand to God from uh, Victor Stryker Silva. And I guess I, I'm honestly going to side with Torres just because I think he has more process on the feet. He seems like a guy that's going to stick to the game plan, which is stick and move. I really like his kicks, man. I feel like he reminds me of like Ignacio Bahamundes Jr. And I like his style. I do. I will say he does get stuck against the cage. I have seen him taken down and give up his back. So that's hence why I played Hugo Silva by sub because I feel like that's the best way to play him instead of the money line because he's going to look to go to grapple. So I'm, I'm going to have to say Torres just because he's the dog and I think it's a pick em fight. So if I can get plus 115, plus 120, I might throw a unit on Torres as well, but not too passionate about that fight. And then the main event, I, I seemed very passionate, but at the end of the day, I don't think Bilotto should be the favorite. You have to make Tahoe the rightful favorite just because he seems like he seems like the goods, but he's a middleweight that's fighting that light heavyweight while he is a, he seems like a bit of a tweener. I guess just at the end of the day, I just he needs to prove it to me, man. He he looks the part in a lot of his fights, but I he's not fighting high level dudes in the Middle East. And Bellato, yeah, he has his flaws. He uh, sometimes will play off the bottom. He's we've seen him knocked out by Petrino. His striking defense isn't the best. But at the end of the day, this is two big boys, one true light heavyweight, and one guy where he's not necessarily too undersized here. It's the guy that's just probably fighting in the wrong weight class. And Liam mentioned it a lot. Light heavyweights, one of the divisions that we see the most volatility. And I believe at plus two thirty, plus two fifty. I'm willing to lean into that volatility, man. I think uh, maybe true line is plus 200, plus 175, just because we don't know enough to say Taha should be this big of a favorite. He might prove it to me, but I'm going under the assumptions that I haven't seen it. So got to side with Bellato just because he's done more for me. And uh, yeah, that's the last fight. So uh, I missed out on the Hail to Mary for Mushroom uh, last week by one fighter, Carly Judas losing the split decision. But you know, honestly, I'm just going to stick with the money lines because I got a bunch of dogs. We're just going to go for the Hail Mary. We're going to go Ruffy money line, Magomed money line. We're going to go Torres money line, I guess, and Bellato. So we got three dogs and the biggest favorite on the whole card. Probably is going to pay you out a lot. So $20. And, you know, I'll see you guys in Bali next weekend. Plus $22.50 or so is what I'm getting here for Ruffy, Magomed, Eduardo, and Bellato. That's the uh, parlay you gave, right? Yep, that's not a Lambo parlay, but, you know, we might get a Toyota Corolla out of it. <laughs> uh, it it's most of a damn Lambo right there, uh, depending on how much you want to wager. So um, shout out there. We got a degenerate parlay from our guy Pierce. We got one from our guy Gordo. Now I'm going to try and give you guys the rapid fire breakdowns that I got for you. Uh, as far as the first fight of the night, I'm going to be the most brief on this fight. I have to do a little bit more research here, but I'm leaning towards the roughy side as a live underdog. Listen, I try and lean into things that are outside of my control, that are outside of my uh, perception, right? We can be fooled sometimes by the tape. We're not always seeing people against the right kind of competition, the right kind of resistance to know exactly where they're going to be at. But some things are just proven over time. Like, guys that are six years younger having an inherent advantage in a lot of these fights. So I do think that a guy who's labeled as 30 years of age, people are going to look at that and say, Hey, you know, he's a little bit older, but he's not, he's 27 to Pierce's point. So I think that you're getting some inherent advantages here, some upside on a Brazilian in a fight where there's a lot of unknowns kind of like that. I also think a lot of people are going to be drawn to the Islam Mahashev, uh, you know, seal of improvement. And listen, nothing wrong with that, but I've seen the guy with my own two eyes get completely dominated by a guy I never heard of. So for me, that's enough to say probably minus 250 is a little bit aggressive for me. When I look at the next fight, I think Magomed should roll here. I did not like what I saw from Medina physically. Um, you know, he did look like a happy guy. He looked like he's excited to be there. So 
I I'm I'm rooting for him in a sense. I want him to do well, but just seems like he's in a little bit over his head here. I think that the Magomed side is the side in this fight. Uh, he's a massive favorite here, but I just think he's more likely to win this fight. It's two hundred five pounds, so there's the inherent volatility. But I think whoever gets the takedowns will win, and I think Magomed will be the one that gets the takedowns. So I think it's Magomed. I think it's Magomed by sub, as a matter of fact. Next up, we've got Torres and Silva, and guys, I'm going with Brazil here once again. We've got a very fun Chilean prospect in Torres. He's fun. He's long. He's got a, a good style, um, but he also gives up too much ground, in my view. He backs up in the octagon. This is the small octagon. Gets backed into the fence. I think that his primary skill set is standing up on the feet and striking. And Noel and Hernandez, you know, took him to school a little bit. And I don't rate him as a guy who's like blowing my hair back. So for me, that's a concern. I think that Silva, he's got takedown upside. He also has the ability to knock fools' heads off. I think he's got real power in his hands. I think he could throw some dynamic kicks. I like his double legs. I feel like some of the refereeing on the regional scene was going against him. He was still finding ways to win. He was fighting up in, you know, 165-pound weight class. Guys that look like they're two, three weight classes above him, he's knocking them the hell out. So I think this guy's really dangerous. Most fights of anybody on the card – uh, by a pretty significant degree. Give me Victor Hugo Silva. Hasn't lost since 2014 via injury, I think. Um, yeah, just seems like a guy who, to me, has all the makings of a future potential star and at minus 140. Uh, don't hate that line. So lastly and not leastly, we're looking at this main event, and I feel like this fight's probably going to end, uh, you know, in seven and a half minutes more often than not. I look at these two guys and I say to myself, Taha, you know, he's reckless on the feet. He's, he's definitely a little bit uh, wild for my liking, knowing that he's a huge favorite. However, I do think that a guy uh, like Bolato, he's been knocked out the exact same way years apart by Petrino, right? It was the same left hook uh, from years prior. He gets out of position when he's striking. Neither one of these guys are prize on the feet. I think Bolato's maybe a little bit more calm and composed there, throws more normal strikes that you could identify. Oh, that was a jab. That was a cross. Like he throws things that look like strikes, whereas Taha's kind of just like just swinging uh, aggressively at you. But then you look at what he's able to accomplish on the mat. I think he's actually the better ground player. You know, I think that Bellato, what he does well is he can introduce some Brazilian jiu-jitsu concepts. He can go for sweeps. He can try and introduce submission attempts and threats. But I feel like Taha is just more likely to get takedowns and take the back. And, and like, that's how you win these fights more often than not. I think his ground and pound is very solid. I think if he gets to the back, he will finish. So for me, the question is just, can Bellato prevent the back takes, keep himself in good positions? I think that if he does that, um, then Bellato could win this fight, you know, but I didn't like his athleticism. I didn't like his balance. I didn't like that. I felt like they brought him in to lose to Petrino last time out. Um, so for me, all, all signs point towards Taha. Um, but I just have a weird feeling about this fight because Bellato is an A side here by a significant degree. Taha has a lot of wins pro and amateur and no support on social media from what I could tell. So uh, maybe he made a new account or something. I'll go back and do a little more due diligence, but just seems to me like he should have a bigger social following based on his results. And he doesn't, which makes me, you know, a little bit skeptical and makes me think there could be some truth to the, you know, record padding allegations from our guy Pierce um, did fight some solid guys on the amateurs, but as a professional has no real standout wins on his resume. So at minus 300, it's a little rich for my blood, but I do think he is the deserved favorite. Um, so let's close it out with a parlay here. Let's look at what the under is doing in that main event. Ah, uh, yeah, it's, I don't like the price on the under. So for me, I'm, I'm out on that. Let's put together a quick parlay for the people here. So we've got Silva at minus 124 on FanDuel. We've got Magomed at minus 800. That gets you to plus 103. And then we'll add Ruffy. 
Um, that's about plus 500. I don't feel great about this card, but that's that's kind of what I would hone in on. Uh, if I was to look to target a dog, I'd probably look at the roughy side here. Um, and, you know, when I'm looking at the, the other lines, I like that short favorite price on uh, Victor Hugo Silva. I think he's going to win the fight. Um, and for Magomed, you know, minus 800 is not going to do much for your parlay, but I'm trying to give you guys some kind of parlay here. A two-legger wouldn't be much to celebrate, I, I suppose. So plus 500, there you have it. you got Pierce's real long shot, and then you got mine. That's a little bit more on the conservative end of things. And Pierce is back. So we're going to close it out there, guys. you got the recap from all of us. you got a degenerate parlay. Uh, you know, shout out to our guy Mushroom, always keeping us honest with the degenerate parlay. So thank you very much. Um, but guys, always make sure, um, keep it, you know, legal, uh, responsible within your means. Make sure that you're doing this in a way that's fun, enjoyable, replicable over time. A lot of people going back and forth with some crazy commentary in the chat. Sharpest chat in the game. So I appreciate you guys. But always just uh, focus on your own your own game, your own process, and getting better over time. That's the most important thing. Don't focus on somebody else's process. Um, you know, that, that would be my word of advice. But let's close it out, boys. Gordo. Please let the people know where can they find you, all the great work that you're doing, and where we're going to be next week. For the final one, man, for the final one of this year, for 2023, we'll be back on the Plays and Fades YouTube channel. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, Pierce will join us again for a, a final week of the year. And it's a fun one, actually, actually, too. I was looking at it right now. Fun one next week. We have five fights, all different weight classes, none above 185. Uh, so fun scraps. I've already dove a bit ahead on research. I already have in my mind more bets I'm going to play next week than I am this card. Just I got nothing on this one yet. I already like some spots next week. Be fun. Uh, you can find all my work, though, on the Plays and Fades YouTube channel and at Gambles Gordo on Twitter. I'll make sure to post whatever bets I end up playing for this card tomorrow on Twitter, as well as a quick little uh, Twitter-sized uh, messages on, on how I expect the fights to go down that regard as well. And then I am editing and should have the video up tomorrow for my full card breakdown for UFC Vegas 80. Not only do I do a full card uh, DraftKings and betting breakdown, but also some best bets that should go live around Thursday, trying to put out as much good content as I can for you guys. But as always, make sure to show some love to Liam, puts in a ton of work, hit the like button, down, subscribe to his channel, check me out at Plays and Fades, and check out Big Bird as well for Pierce. Uh, nothing but love to these two guys. Wish everyone the best of luck, guys. Let's make some money. Absolutely love it. Couldn't agree more. Next week, Plays and Fades YouTube channel. It's all in the description below. Get subscribed now. Turn on that bell. I don't want to hear no excuses. Where was the show? No, I'm telling you right now. Make sure you get subscribed. Show some love right now while the going is good. Pierce, let them know where they can find you, brother. Yeah, man. You know, I'm just here and there on Twitter every now and then. But I uh, I have a bet MMA tips. Uh, it's all free, guys. So it's uh, if you go on their website, it's Big Bird UFC. And... It's I do post a lot of openers, but that's kind of how I make my money in this game. Like Liam says, everyone has their way. They make money. And I'm starting to write breakdowns now for all my bets and where I would line it personally. So if you guys want to take that information as you wish, and I'm just here to help the people out, man. I don't need to tout and ask for money when I'm making money myself. I can give it out for free, man, you know. Figure I'd do all this tape. Might as well be nice and not hide it behind a paywall, but... Yeah, next week. Next week, I'm actually really looking forward to it. I'm really familiar with a lot of these guys, and I think we're all going to be in for a treat next week. And there's a couple spots that I'm eyeing, so looking forward to chatting you up with you guys. I'll probably see you guys next Monday, same time, and let's make some fucking money. Same bat time, same bat channel. Last week, it was the unanimous plus 300 underdog panel. Last week, it was the DJ parlay 10 to 1. Uh, gave you that plus 300 wrapped up in that parlay. So, guys, 
exciting stuff going on on this end. Make sure that you're there last uh, last week, last week, next week. So make sure you're there. Uh, last year on the Contender Series, they ended out strong with Bo Nickel, if y'all remember. So this year, they're trying to bring the fireworks again. Should be fun fights. Make sure that you're subscribed. Plays and fades. I won't say it again. So guys, if you're looking for more of me, you can find me everywhere at Liam Picks Fights, and all my information as well is in the description box below. Um, I'm going to make sure I get this segmented out, time-stamped, put on podcasts, all that stuff before we go to bed tonight. So uh, if you guys are looking for more information, if you got here late, no problem. We're going to make sure we get that all to you ASAP. So thank you guys so much for the support. God bless you all. Make sure you drop that like on the way out. Get subscribed because we're talking fights again. Come back, and we're going to have all the same fun again next time. Take care, everybody.